Yeah, we're here to build you up, not beat you up. We love you. We back you. We're here for you, man. I don't know. There's just something about tonight, man. I, I just felt this sort of um, this atmosphere and this vibe tonight that God's going to do some really, really cool things. So can I just can I challenge you with something? Um, often it is your expectation that will determine the outcome. And if you go into something thinking, eh, then likely the outcome will be something along the lines of, eh. But if you go into something with an expectation to receive, then I believe that you'll receive. And see, we don't serve a dead God. We don't serve a God that is stale or stagnant or stuck in one place or not moving anywhere or not going anywhere. Somebody say amen. You can either go with me or you can't. Like, it's up to you because I'm going to say some stuff tonight I'm going to be pretty hyped about. And you could, like, travel with me or you can just stay right where you're at. But, man, I believe that God wants to speak tonight. For some of y'all, you were up till like 3 a.m. and it's like your classic summer night and you are sitting in here tired. Like, shake it off. God is going to do something tonight. Amen? Hey, so we're in this series entitled Summer Nights. Last week, who was here last week? Yeah, and you came back even though we didn't have chairs out last week. And I don't, I kind of liked it. Like, I kind of liked the vibe and but your butts are much more comfortable tonight on these cushiony chairs. Um, so we're in this series entitled Summer Nights. And, and what this is really inspired by, the series Summer Nights, is, is um, the kind of conversations and, and the, the, the talks and the questions that come up in what seems to be often late summer nights. Like I said, some of y'all were up to like three in the morning last night. And it seems like a lot of times, like when you're up super late and, and you're talking with friends and stuff, you just, just conversations lead to crazy places. Or maybe you're laying in bed all alone, no one around, lights out, and just the like most random thoughts go through your head. And like you just start questioning like everything. Like you read that article about the artificial intelligence robot that then created another AI robot. And then those robots started communicating in a language that humans couldn't understand, and then the humans were like, it's time to shut these things down. That actually happened, by the way. These are the things that I think about at like 2, 3 in the morning, like, oh gosh, like Will Smith from the movie AI is the only hope. Oh my gosh. Like, you start thinking the craziest sort of thoughts. You start thinking of like, like Adam and Eve, and like, did Adam and Eve have belly buttons? Think about it. Like, where do you get your belly button from? Your mom's umbilical cord. They were never born from a mother. God formed them from the dirt and then Eve from the rib. So did they have belly buttons? But the Bible said that God created them in, in his image. And so if they don't have a belly button, does that mean that God doesn't have a belly button? And if God doesn't have a belly button, do you really want to serve a God that doesn't have a belly button? These are the thoughts that go through my head at like 2 in the morning. Maybe you're like me and you're sitting there at, at like 3 in the morning and you still haven't fallen asleep. And you're like, why do they call them apartments if they're all stuck together? Why do, why, do we, why do we park in our driveway, but we drive on a parkway? Are, the, are oranges called oranges because of the color orange, or is the color orange the color orange because oranges are orange? If you punch yourself and it hurts, are you really strong or are you really weak? It's like four in the morning at this point. You're like, I don't know. And you start punching yourself. You're like, that hurt. Am I strong or weak? I have no clue. Uh, is it, you start thinking, like, is, it, is it possible for God to create a rock 
that is so heavy that he himself can't lift it? Because God can do anything. So can he create something that is beyond what he... Could God microwave a burrito so hot that even he couldn't eat it? It's like 4.30 a.m. at this point. You start thinking things like, how do my friends not believe in God? Like, how do you explain Chick-fil-A if there is no God? How do you explain Chipotle if there is... Let me just just shift gears. How do you explain Mexican food if there is no God? Like, that's just a gift from the heavens. Los Tito's right down the street. Los Tito's, if you're watching online, give me free food. I'm hyping you because your food is delicious. Get the soy chorizo. It's super good. I actually walked in uh, to Los Tito's last night, and a group of our people were in there. It's pretty tight. Um, if, God, if, if God's not real... How do, you, how, do you explain, how do you explain things like Chipotle and Chick-fil-A? If, if, if Satan's not real, how do you explain geometry <laughs> and cats? How? <laughs> you ever see the picture of the cats where they're like, their eyes are glowing? <laughs> yeah. So you can photograph demons. <laughs> and if you were here last week, then, then you know that we... Um, we talked around the question, every, every week we've been, we've been diving into a different question, questions that often pop into your heart, into your mind, and summer nights at three in the morning, or, or when you're uh, laying out, out in your front lawn at, at midnight with your friends, and you stare up at the stars, and you just start feeling really, really small, and, and you start realizing how vast the universe is, and how literally we have to call it the known universe, because we have no clue how large the universe is, and or maybe you're at the beach and, and you're like me, that like when you stand on the West Coast, best coast, and you watch the sunset in the middle of a warm summer night, and you're standing ankle deep in the Pacific Ocean, it just does something to your soul, and you're like, man, like, there's got to be a God, and if there is, what is he like, and what, what's his plans for my life, and, and man, if you're like me, you ask a ton of different type of questions, and that's what this series is, it's answering different questions that, that come into our hearts and into our minds, and last week we answered the question, how do I know God is real. And it was a really fun talk. If, if you weren't here last week, go watch the podcast. It was, it was great. Tonight, we're going to answer two questions. And um, let me just give you a forewarning. The first one is a little dismal. It's a tad bit dark. But the second one is going to be a lot of fun. We're going we're to answer the questions, um, what happens after you die? So get ready to be encouraged. <laughs> Like, imagine, imagine, like, you brought a friend this week, and you're like, I'm sorry, it's not usually like this. We usually, we usually don't go into these topics, but we're going we're gonna to answer that, and we're just going to ta- talk about that really, really quick. And then we're going to move into what is heaven like? What happens after I die, and what is heaven like? Let's pray. God, thank you so much for who you are, God. I pray that tonight, that you would, um, that you would speak, that you would show up that you would do what only you can do. God, I pray our hearts would be open, our minds would be open, God, that we would hear from you, God. I pray, God, that that our imaginations would begin to run wild and that as we answer these two questions, that it would really just, um, 
It would really just spark more questions in our hearts and in our minds, and it would just, um, it would just uh, 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 ignite our wonder for you. And God, that this, would, this monologue would lead to more dialogues later and just be the beginning of a ton of different uh, conversations. And God, of course, like always, we are about 50 days from training camp beginning. Would you just be with your team, the Oakland Raiders, and with nobody else whatsoever, especially not the Chargers, and especially not the Patriots. In Jesus' name, amen. And God, protect Mike Trout as he's being like a man of God and not responding to drama and stuff. In Jesus' name, amen. Men. Where's all the baseball fans at? Any baseball fans? So you're like patient and you're like really into like long-term relationships. Like there's like 4,623 regular season games in baseball. It's like, oh my gosh. And then like there's no official ending to the game. If it's tied and it's the end of the ninth inning, you just keep going. God bless you baseball fans. I watched the home run derby. That was fun. Hey, uh, where's, the, where's the people who love to plan things out? Like you are meticulous in your plans. Okay, let me, let me rephrase that a little bit. Where are the people who have planned, uh, like you've already made your weekend plans? Okay, where are the people who've already made your weekend plans for next weekend? <laughs> where's the people, where, where are the planners at that you lay your outfit out the night before? Come on, somebody. Let's go. Let's go. Come on. You're my people. You can't trust your morning self to make a good decision on what you're going to wear. That's how you walk out the front door looking like trash. Like, you have to be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed in order to decide. Like, my wife is a planner through and through. So much so that if it's, like, casual plans, like, we're just going to, like, a friend's house for dinner. And it's like, ah, and they say, come over, like, 6.30 or 7. This is Amber. Amber is, all right be over there at 6.30 or 7, that means 6.15, because we don't want to be late. So we're going to Corona, which means we may hit traffic. It's about a 35-minute journey. Let's give a 10-minute cushion for traffic. If we want to get coffee, we need to give ourselves another 10 minutes. Where's the coffee drinkers at? Where, where are y'all at? That's what's up. How many of you have had a cup of coffee today? How many have had two? You guys are trustworthy people. You are godly, trustworthy people, and that's why it was so hype during worship. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Amber will plan everything out to where it's like, okay, so if we're going to be there at, at 6.30 p.m., really 6.15, then we need to leave at like 4 a.m. <laughs> and then we set a time to leave. Like, okay, really, let's, let's leave at like 4.30 p.m. And it's 4.32 p.m. And I'm like still doing my hair or something. Amber will just do this thing. Grady, you're going to act as me right now. Amber will just come into the bathroom and go, So it's 4.32. Um, when did you think that uh, you were going to be done? <laughs> and I know that, like, though on the outside she's being calm and collected, on the inside, you ever see the episode of SpongeBob where he's running around and everything's on fire and he's pulling out file cabinets? That's her internally. Because she's such a planner that if anything goes like not according to her plan or anything unexpected happens, she just can not handle it. She is the white woman that gets so frustrated when Starbucks gets her order wrong. She is that because she hates something to be un 
expected. Why do we hate when plans like get canceled? Why do we hate when things don't go according to plan? And I think it's really because like y'all are a bunch of control freaks. Um, that's neither here nor there. But like we, we, we hate it because we just, we don't, humans really do not like the unknown and we don't like things that are not in our control. See, this is why death shakes us so much because it's not in our control and it's the unknown. I mean, on top of that, like we, we were really never designed to experience death. God's original plan did not include death. And so this is why even though humanity has been experiencing it for thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years, it still shakes us every single time. It's still difficult every single time because we were just never designed to experience death. But on top of that, we don't know, like, we, it's, it's going into the unknown and we're so not in control in that moment. So tonight, I, I want to answer the first question, what happens when you die? What happens when you die? If you're a note taker, God loves you so much more than the people who don't take notes. Um, also, like afterwards, you get free popcorn, but nobody else does. So if you're not taking notes, no popcorn for you. You think I'm kidding. I am kidding. I'm just kidding. Everyone gets popcorn. Calm down. You guys want to know what movie we're going to watch? Too bad. Um, see, I told you, you guys hate not knowing. I was just like... Proving a point there, not in the notes, but proving a point. So what happens when you die? It's been a mystery and a question asked since the dawn of time. Hebrews 9, verse 27, here's what it says. It says, each person is destined to die once, and after this comes judgment. So first of all, yes, everyone will die. Everyone. Um, Amber, uh, Amber and I got in a huge fight about six years ago because I said, babe, I want to buy a motorcycle. And she was like excuse me, motorcycle equals death. No, like you can't. And so I was like, but I want, and she's like, fine, then we're getting life insurance. I was like, you're just in this for the money, huh? Like, makes perfect sense. You married the youth pastor for money, like, because we get paid so much. But, but she's like, you need to get, you, then you have to get life insurance. And so we got life insurance. And, and I remember filling out the life insurance um, paperwork and stuff and, and like, one of the lines on there, it says, it says literally, in the unlikely event that you pass away, you'll get this amount of money. I don't want to tell you guys how much because, number one, it's not a lot. And number two, I hate reminding Amber because I get concerned that she'll be like, that money is worth more than Corey, so. <laughs> but, but I, like, I remember reading that line like, and, and I literally started laughing out loud. I did not plan to say LOL in a real sentence. But I literally started laughing because it said, in the unlikely event. You know, like, there's a lot of statistics out there, like, and one of the statistics is that about 80% of all statistics said are made-up statistics on the spot. So I'm going to make up a bunch of statistics for you guys right now. It's like, did you know that only one in 150 million people that ever enter the ocean even come in contact with a shark? Like, stuff like that, right? Like, you're like, eh, sounds about right. And you just take it as fact. And you're like, did you know that, like, 450 billion years ago, like, we used to be cockroaches, and now we're humans, dude. Like, it's so cool. And you're like, oh, he said it really cool, so it must be true. Like, it's on the internet, and they can't put it on the internet if it's not true. So, like, you know, statistically, 
how many people will die? One in every one. If you look to your left, that person is included in the statistic. It's so encouraging tonight, guys. I told you, we're here to build you up, not beat you up. Look to your right, that person included in the statistic. And yet the paperwork for the life insurance said, in the unlikely event. Don't try to cheer me up. I know what's gonna happen one day. Like, when you really think about it, life insurance is about the best possible investment you could ever make. Because, like, for sure, somebody's getting money. <laughs> like, for sure. Because every single person is going to die one day. And the Bible says that every one person is appointed to die once. No, reincarnation is not true. You're not going to come back as like an eagle and the dudes are like, yeah, bro, I'm a freaking eagle now. Totally going to be like sore. But then you're like, you're like born as an eagle, like somewhere in South America. And you're like, no, I'm a freaking eagle. I need to get to America. And then you start going to America and you die on the way and you come back as like a pigeon. And you're like, dang, bro. Or like, you know, you're like, no, a pigeon. So they bringing me pigeon now and I gotta give me like reincarnation is not true you're appointed to die once and the Bible says after this comes judgment now that part's a little bit scary for some people but for those of us who have Jesus in our life we know that we do not have to fear that judgment because even though catch this catch this catch this every single person at that judgment everyone ever would be found guilty all of us Every single one of us, because nobody's perfect, and if you've broken one law, it's like you've broken the whole thing. So, everyone would be found guilty, but what happens is just like in a courtroom, um, the judge says, well, all right, there's a fine to be paid for this crime. Can you pay it? And the fine is so big, none of us could pay that fine. But those of us who have Jesus, essentially, what then happens is what's called the great exchange, and Jesus walks into the room like, sup, suckers? So he's cool, like he's cool, he's with me, he's with me. Come on, come on, jump. And moves like the red velvet ropey thing because those are definitely in heaven and that's totally in the Bible. And he lets you in, like that's what happens. So if you are in this place and you're like, man, I hear that and I hear that like after death comes judgment and I'm so like, Ugh, I'm scared of that. Can I tell you, you don't have to be scared of that if you have Jesus in your life because then it's not about what you do or what you did or what you've done, it's about what he did for you. Somebody say amen. Hmm. Hallelujah. Preach the truth and shame the devil. I don't know what that means, but when people say it, I'm like, whew, let's go. But like, like you don't have, and, and if you hear that and you're like, see, God, like God and Christians are all super judgmental. Like no Christians are actually told time and time and time and time and time again not to judge anybody because that's God's job. And even though my wife is wearing a notorious B.I.G. shirt right now, I'm going to quote Tupac. And it's like only God can judge me. It's kind of true. Um, but the thing is, is that God's called the just judge of the ages, which means that he knows the perfect right from wrong and he only judges fairly. So when you're like, only God can judge me, it's like, cool. That means that he's going to judge you perfectly and fairly. And yes, God is the only one who is equipped to give absolute judgment. Everyone will die once, and after this comes judgment. See, so that means as soon as you die, like as soon as, you, as, soon as your eyes close here, boom, your eyes open in heaven, and you're standing in front of God. That's what happens. Uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 um, Paul's writing, he says, we are confident, yes, uh, pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm sorry to tell you, you don't get to like float around 
and go and like torture your ex. It doesn't work that way. Like you don't get to go and like turn on electronics and like talk through a fuzzy like TV screen or through the radio and terrorize them. That's not, that's not how it works. Like you don't get to like travel around and hover like Ben 10. Remember Ben 10? Come on guys, so good. The Christian kids are like, I wasn't allowed to watch Ben 10. It included ghosts. And there's only one ghost, the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. <laughs> to be absent from the body is to be present with God, there's no waiting room. There's no drifting around. As soon as you die, you're in front of God, and after this comes judgment. And here's the thing. Here's one thing that I, want, I, I wanted to mention about this, and you guys know me. Like, like I'm typically not all like super-duper serious and in your face, but here's the thing about this judgment. This judgment really is a moment where you will stand all alone in front of God. And I know a lot of times when, when you begin to think about death, what you want to do is you want to go and get around other people to take your mind off of it. But be reminded tonight that, yes, there will be a moment when you stand in front of God and you will be all by yourself. Your parents will not be there. Your mom will not be able to run to your rescue because if your mom's like my mom, like she'll literally get in a fist fight for you. And like she won't be able to come to you. Your dad, your, your grandma, your grandpa, your cousin, your best friend, they won't, be, they won't be standing there with you. It'll be you and God. And in that moment, the only thing that will matter is what did you do with Jesus? So, so be reminded tonight that yes, yes, and we're going to talk in a, in a moment about a scripture that says, actually, a wise person thinks about death often. Like, ladies, imagine, imagine you go on a date for the first time. You're like, what do you like to do in your spare time? Think about death. You're like, I have to use the restroom. <laughs> You're gone, like, right? But the Bible actually says, like, like, in a healthy way, like, a wise person does think about death often because they think about what comes afterwards. So in that moment, what will happen is there will be a determination on where you will spend eternity. And there's only two places. There's a place called heaven and there's a place called hell. We're not going to talk about hell tonight because um, some people will be like, well, you need to talk about hell, man. Like, quit trying to erase hell and hell's a real place. Yeah, but the Bible talks about how people are won over by the kindness of God. Like, I think it's way better to be like, hey, here's how awesome heaven is as opposed to here's how terrible hell is. Um, we'll just say this. Hell is not going to be a party with all your friends. There's become this really pot and even this... this uh, um, even a, a rapper currently was on stage and said, hey, I'm going to hell, and all my friends are going to be there. And the whole crowd went wild. I'm like, guys, I'm, like, trust me when I say I am so sorry to say, and it breaks my heart, but hell is not going to be a party, and it's not going to be fun, and it's not going to be this like, good time with all your friends. It's not going to be that. And that's where we'll leave it as far as hell is concerned. So what's heaven going to be like? If you're taking notes, write that down. What's heaven going to be like? You ever go somewhere and... Um, you're just let down because it didn't live up to the reputation. Like, excuse me? You know where the door is! Get out! I'm just kidding. But seriously, get out. I'm just joking. But like in a little bit, get out. <laughs> There's still going to be the response time. He can come to the altar and repent of his sins and all of that. Um, uh, but, 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 like, like. You ever, like, you go somewhere and you expect it to be super, super duper awesome and it's not as super duper awesome as you expected? Or you, you, ever go, you ever go and, like, watch a movie that was super hyped and it just doesn't live up to the hype? And, like, it, like I remember one time, uh, like, whatever happened to Wiener Snitchel? Does Wiener Snitchel still, are they still in business? Are they still around? 
So if you don't know, like, I don't eat meat, so, like, I have no clue if they're still in business. But I remember, like, probably, like, oh, man, it must have been, like, 15 years ago, Wiener Schnitzel for Halloween, um, oh, sorry, for, for Harvest, um, for all the saints in the room, <laughs> for, for Halloween, they, they, had these, they had these flashlights at Wiener Schnitzel. It's kind of like their version of the Happy Meal, and it came with these freaking dope flashlights. But somehow, like, when we got our, like, like Happy Meal things, one flashlight, I, mean, I got to tell you, one flashlight sucked. Like, that thing was butt ugly. Nobody wanted that stupid flashlight. And the other one was freaking awesome. And me and my brother Josh were trying to determine who got what flashlight. We started fighting, obviously. I was totally beating him up because I am physically superior to him in every single way possible. That's not true. He beat me up like no one's business and took the good flashlight. So I went and I cried to mommy and daddy. And mommy and daddy were like, hey, give us both the flashlights. And they were trying to then determine who will get which flashlight. So then my dad hits us with this. Hey, whoever finishes their food first will get to pick the flashlight. So we're like, <laughs> we're eating so fast. Uh, and like my brother was much bigger than me. Like um, he's three years older than me. So he is just like, he's already almost done and we've been eating for like 3.25 seconds. Like he is going to town on these chili dogs. And, and, and I'm like, oh gosh, there's no way. I'm going to get his hot dog. And then my brother's eating and eating, and he starts choking on his food. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, Josh, keep choking, because this is my opportunity. So I start downing my food. I win because my brother keeps choking, literally starts having an asthma attack, and I get the flashlight I wanted. That's the about the end of that story. So I grab my flashlight, I'm super stoked. I'm like, yeah, I'm about to go light everything up. This will be the best trigger treating of all time. Like, there ain't gonna be no sidewalk that I can't see down. Ain't tripping over nothing tonight because I'm gonna be lighting that mess up. So I flip the switch and nothing happens. <laughs> they didn't have batteries. I was so let down, you know, like I was like, can I tell you, literally, before we even got batteries to put in these things, I lost that stupid flashlight. Like, I was so, like, you ever go somewhere and you're just let down? Can I tell you one thing right now? When we get to heaven, you will not be let down. There is no amount of hype that we can give heaven to where it's not going to live up to the hype. I want you to check out this verse, uh, this portion of scripture, really. It's about five verses. In Revelation, I know, guys, we're going to Revelation. This is dangerous territory. P.S. It's revelation, not revelations. If you say revelations, I'm just going to assume that you don't love Jesus. That's not true. <laughs> revelation chapter one, uh, uh, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 21, verse number one. Here's what it says. It says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first, uh, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. You might ask me, Pastor Corey, the, the, the old heaven and the old earth passed away? What does that mean? I don't know. Let's keep reading. <laughs> and there was no longer any sea. So the ocean is gone? What does that mean? I have no idea. Verse 2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven uh, from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. Verse 4. He will wipe, oh, he will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying over that buster that cheated on you when you was in the eighth grade, or pain, or the, or the old order of things, 
So the old order of things has passed away. Verse 5, he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. That is what, like, a small glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. Now, as many questions as we had answered in this five verses, we had just as many questions because that's the way summer night conversations always end up going. There's a couple things I want to point out about this. Number one, what's heaven going to be like? Heaven's going to be much more physical than we think. I, I could also say heaven's going to be much more earthy than we think. So many people, when you, when you think of heaven, you think of like, like babies in like Huggies diapers playing the harp in the clouds. And you're like, yeah, and, and they're going to be there playing the harp, and I'm going to be like this mist just like floating through the air. And there's going to be millions of other mists floating in the air. And like, I don't know what happens if the mists collide. Like, do they become one mist? I'm not sure. Like, and you're just like, that's what you think about heaven. But really, heaven's going to be much more physical and much more earthy than we think. A couple things. Uh, number one, we know earth is going to be renewed. And we're actually going to hang out here on earth for quite a while. And earth here is going to be like heaven. And, and we're going to hang out here for um, what some think is 10,000 years. Some think a lot longer than that. I have no clue because I don't read the book of Revelation. I just stay in the Gospels and read about Jesus. Come on, somebody. I also don't read the book of Numbers because math is from the devil. Another thing, um, here's, here's something I really want to point out and I really want to tell you because I've heard, I've heard this question as a pastor all the time. They say, when we get to heaven, will we recognize our loved ones? And I'll always respond with, no, no, nobody at all. You won't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you guys' faces were so funny. So many people. Oh, my God. What about, what about grandma? What about Mima? Will I know Mima? Can we just say, like, stop calling your grandparents weird names. Just stick with grandma and grandpa. No Mima and Peepa. You sound like a dang fool. Friggin'. Yes, you will recognize each other. You are not going to be some unrecognizable mist. You will recognize each other. You're not going to be some star, stardust floating through the cosmos. That's not how it works. Peter talks about this in, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Go read that on your own. Um, check that out. He talks about this reuniting of the church and, and how when we see each other in heaven, we're going to recognize each other and we're going to be so stoked to be reunited together. There's this other moment in the Gospels where um, um, we, we've come to know this as, as the story of the Mount of transfiguration, where, where Peter goes up on this mountain and he sees Jesus, and Jesus is talking to two people who are like people, but they also kind of don't look like people. They're like, they're kind of like, they're almost, this is like one of the only times you could be like, were those ghosts? But they weren't ghosts. They, they were spirits of two other people. And Peter looks at them and goes, whoa, Jesus is talking to Moses and Elijah. He says it's Moses and Elijah. Now, if you don't know anything about the Bible, don't worry. The majority of the people in this room don't know anything about the Bible. It's cool. But Moses and Elijah are two super, 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 super old dudes. Even for a super old dude that was alive 2,000 years ago, these guys were super old. These dudes, Moses and Elijah, had been dead for thousands of years. And their physical bodies had long deteriorated and they had long been gone. So how is it that Peter was able to look at them and recognize them for who they were? It's because you're not going to be some floating mist that's like, oh man, like I remember that was Michaela's 
favorite color. Maybe it's Michaela. I don't like, that's not how it's going to be. Peter looks at them and, and recognizes them for who they are. When you get to heaven, you will be able to recognize people for who they are. It's going to be much more physical than you think. Also, um, a physical thing, there's actually going to be streets. So if there's going to be, if we're, if we're like just mists floating around, like why would we need streets to walk on? There's going to be streets. And, and these streets are actually made of gold. Now what does that mean? Um, scholars have been talking about like what does that mean forever. Some people are like, yeah, we're just going to be G's in heaven walking on streets of gold. You know what I think? I think in some way, shape, or form what that means is that the things that we valued the most here on earth will just be under our feet when we get to heaven. So, man, when, 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 you're, when you're living your life just for the amount of money you can get into your pocket, know that one day when we get to heaven, that's just what the, that's like the dirt under our feet. Like, that's just what we walk on when we get to heaven. There, there will be streets, um, there will be, uh, there will be things that, that, that we see, it seemed like it mattered to us so much here on earth that just won't matter in heaven. Another thing is heaven, heaven is going to be like a home. Um, some believe, you, you've heard it probably said in church often, like, when you get to heaven, you're going to have a mansion. And, and there is a verse in the New King James that mentions how, how there will be mansions in heaven. But when you go back to the original language and you look up that word for mansion, it's better translated like a room. It's like one mansion, and we all have rooms in there. It's the verse, uh, John 14, verse 2. It says, my father's house has many rooms. This is NIV. It's a little bit more accurate of a depiction of what Jesus was saying. It says, my father's house has many rooms. If, they, if it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? See, it's not as much as a neighborhood with a bunch of homes. It's like one home with a bunch of rooms. And see, this is why the kingdom of God, like, there's no room for hatred. Because one day that person that you hate here, if they're saved and you're saved, y'all going to be living in the same house. So figure that out this side of eternity. This is, why, this is why there's no room for racism in the kingdom of heaven. Because you will be living with the people that you are by. Like you, are, you have partiality towards when you get to heaven. There's no room. Like, like you, if your ex-girlfriend that did you dirty is a Christian... Well, man, Jesus forgave her for those sins, too. And y'all are going to be living in the same house when you get to heaven. So figure that out. Okay, let, me just, let me just go as far as to say that we will get to heaven, and the person that annoys you the most, if they are saved and they love Jesus, that person will be in heaven. Yes, even the person that points over the glass at the stuff at Chipotle. And they're like, I want, you're like, the glass is there for a reason. You disgust, you disgust them, fool. Look at your nails. Look at your nails. There's dirt under the nails. You haven't clipped them in weeks. Get your dirty hands on the other side of the glass. You fool. Like, there's, what, there's a reason why the glass is there. Not that I'm bitter or anything. That per, the person that you disagree with their theology, they're, they're going to be in heaven. And you're going to be living in essentially the same house as them. Heaven is like a home. It's much more physical than we think. Um, on top of that, there's going to be food in heaven. Here's the best part. Ladies, come on, somebody. No calories. Zero sugar. Zero, no, carbs. Carbs are actually your friend in heaven. Because I almost fell off the stage. Did you see that, Eli? See, I went, hey. 
That like you can eat whatever you want and you don't have to worry about gaining any weight or you being like, where's the lactose intolerant people? Drink all the dairy you want. Eat all the ice cream you want. Don't matter. Man, you know what the, literally, you know how we, you know how we're kicking off eternity? Like Jesus returns to earth and like, like he comes back actually on a pale horse a while and he has a big old thigh tattoo, which is kind of cool. Comes back and like things go down and then like Satan gets sent back down to hell to like never return again and you're like, ha, ah, in your face, that's what's up. That's what you get for constantly trying to tempt me. And then we have a gigantic dinner. How awesome is that? Like, and I know you're thinking the same thing as I'm thinking. Well, once we get to heaven, how much can you eat until you're full? You could just, well, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll eat for 10,000 years and never get full. And, and maybe, maybe because God's character is to constantly make things new and constantly make things better. And even within eternity, eternity will build on itself and eternity will only get better and heaven will only get better throughout eternity. Maybe every single bite you take for that 10,000 years will just get better and better and better. I don't know. No clue. Summer nights. Summer nights conversations. Let's, let's go crazy. Let's just think of the craziest. Like there will be food in heaven. Heaven will be a lot more earthy than you think. One of the things I love about heaven, the, the second thing is, is there'll be no more pain. There'll be no pain. There'll be no, there'll be no heartache. There'll be, there'll be no disease. There'll be no more cancer. There will be no more disease or ailment. None at all. Check this out. Uh, in in the fourth, the fourth verse of that, that verse in Revelation 21, he says, He will wipe away every tear. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the, for the old order of things has passed away. That means like the way things are here on earth, that's now gone. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. You know one of the things that happens in heaven because there's no disease and everything's brand new? You get a new body. Like, it's your body, but it's, like, new, you know? Like, those of you who are never, like, we, like you're like me, you are never able to get pecs. I don't know. Like, maybe we'll have pecs in heaven. Like, like you're like, I've worked so hard my whole life to get a six-pack, and all I got was a six-pack of root beer. Like, in heaven, I don't know, but you get a new body. It's like, like, you will be forever 21. You know, forever 21 actually used to be a Christian. I don't know if they still are Christian. I'm sorry, forever 21. If you're watching online currently, I don't know if you're still a Christian organization or not. If so, please stop making booty shorts for the love of God. <laughs> but forever 21, they, they literally started as a Christian company. It's called forever 21 because they were like, man, it seems like in uh, human maturity, 21 is like your prime. And when we get to heaven, we'll forever be in our prime. It's like we'll be forever 21. I don't know if you need clothes in heaven or not, though. I hope there's clothes in heaven. Like, I enjoy just... Here's something interesting. There will be tears in heaven. There will be tears in heaven. Now, when we read this verse, what it seems like, I can't say for sure, but what it seems like is that there will be tears in heaven, but only initially. Only initially, because it says he will wipe away every tear. 
So in like, in classic summer night fashion, as we're kind of answering questions, this for me, it just, it just sparks another question. There's going to be tears in heaven. Why? Like at the get-go, when you first get to heaven, it seems like, like you arrive at heaven and whatever that experience is like causes tears. And, and I can't help but to ask Amber uh, early this morning as we were driving to work. I was like, yeah, and it says there'll be, like he'll wipe away every tear. So you get to heaven, there's some sort of moment where there's tears and then he wipes, so Jesus wipes away those tears and then there, from there on out, there's no more pain, there's no more crying, there's no, but it says he'll wipe away those tears. So why, do, why would we cry when we get to heaven? Amber's response is like, I don't know. I feel like maybe when we get there, there'll just be this realization of all that we missed out on when we, when we were on earth. And I was thinking like, well, maybe it's like, you know, I, I have a stepbrother and sister and, and um, their, their biological mom had custody of them their whole life. And so uh, I, I always remember like when they would get to come over, we only saw them maybe twice a year. And so when we would see them, it was like as soon as we saw them and we picked them up at the airport, they live in Kansas and we've always lived in California. It was like, oh my God, just immediately cry. And like, you're happy to see them, but I can't help but think, is it something like that? Like this sort of reuniting with someone that you love and that, that like the moment you see Jesus, it's like, man, like finally we're here face to face together. I can't help but to think maybe, um, maybe, maybe the tears are because of this realization of your loved ones that that didn't make it. I, I don't know, like, I don't know what the tears are for, but I know this, that, that there's this moment when Jesus wipes away every tear, and then you walk into what the Bible explains as paradise, and then there are no more tears, and there is no more disease. Heaven is going to be phenomenal. Band, if you guys can start heading up, two more things um, that heaven's going to be like. Um, heaven, heaven's going to be better than words can describe. Which is interesting because really we're spending tonight talking about heaven and what heaven's going to be like. But, but 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, verse 4, um, a guy named Paul is talking here. And he had an experience where here on earth he got to go to heaven. He just got a quick glimpse of what heaven's like. And he said, I was caught up to, listen to this word he uses, paradise. Like when I say the word paradise, what, what place on earth pops into your mind? Shout it out. Hawaii. Australia, Chip. Fiji, the beach. Okay, everything you just named, I promise you this heaven will be better. But this writer, Paul, he, he chooses to describe it as paradise. He says, I was caught up to paradise and heard things so astounding they cannot be expressed in words. Saying literally we don't have the words to explain how astounding and amazing and phenomenal and beautiful this place called heaven is. Here's what we do know. We know that it's greater than we could possibly imagine. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I have a pretty wild imagination. And when Jesus says, like, man, I go to prepare a place for you, and, and, and Peter, or Paul says, man, that it's, it's literally beyond words. Like, I get excited for that place. I think that this is why Paul also wrote this verse in Philippians. It's like my life verse. I literally got it tattooed across my chest. It's Philippians 1.21. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. It means like to live, like if I'm going to be alive, I'm going to live for Jesus every second of every single day. But actually to die would be, be a lot better. Because he got a glimpse of what heaven was like. And he was like, that, oh man, like I can't wait for the day when I get to spend forever there. And our last point on that topic is heaven is eternal. 
It's eternal. And eternity is a really, really, really long time. E eternity is so long we really can't, can't fully comprehend how long it is. People, people will say things like, your life is like a drop in the bucket of eternity. That doesn't even come close. People say, your life is like a, a drop of water in the ocean. That doesn't even come close. Here's what we know. Our life here is like a blip on the radar in eternity. It's like eternity's happening. Boop, that was your whole life. Our lives are so short. And just for the sake of, of a visual, here's something we make such a huge mistake on. I've wrapped blue tape around this rope to signify my life, your life. And we know that, that heaven is forever, it's eternal, and eternity is a long time. So why is it that every single person on earth seems to be living for this little span of time? You know, I get told all the time, like, Corey, like, you're sacrificing the life that you have all of these years. Like, you could live to 100 years, and you're sacrificing that to, like, live for God, and, like, that's so dumb. And I'm like, are you kidding me? To live for this is dumb when you have all of this to look forward to. And the thing is about heaven is that, like, you, like, we could get to the end of this rope and, like, Realize just how far we've gotten into eternity thus far. Like you're already losing sight of the tiny little life that you've had. And heaven just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. In comparison, your life was so short. It was so tiny. And give me my rope. You guys see me hit myself in the face with the microphone? That's neither here nor there. But the thing is, we could get to the end of this rope. Be like, oh my gosh. In comparison to our tiny little life, eternity is so long. But this rope came to an end. And eternity will never, ever end. Like the comparison between those two, it's just logical to live with heaven in mind, even if heaven was just this long. And yet heaven is literally forever. Like a hundred years, say you live to a hundred years. That's like the first second in heaven. Not even. It's like the first nanosecond in heaven. In fact, you could say a million years is like the first second in heaven. Just stop and try for a moment to comprehend how long eternity is. See, this is why Christians don't need to do drugs. We just got to think about heaven. And you're like, whoa, dude. Did you feel that, man? Like, heaven is so long. It never ends. Eternity is so long. Why is it that everyone is just living for this, this momentary blink of an eye? The Bible says it's like a vapor. It's here today, it's gone tomorrow. You ever wake up in the morning, you look outside, you're like, oh man, it's foggy. And then you go do your hair and you walk back outside and you're like, the fog is gone. What the fog? And it just disappears. The Bible says, yeah, that's, that's kind of like what your life is. There it is. And then like, oh, it just disappeared. Where'd it go? I don't know. But look at all of this eternity that's in front of us. 
And so many of us are living for that. Can I tell you tonight, stop living for a moment. Start living with eternity in mind. Because can I tell you, like I tied off the rope right here to signify that, man, this, this up to this moment determines the rest of it. And you can't redo this part over again. You can't restart. There's no reset button. It's not like Fortnite. You don't just respawn and keep going. Like you can't crawl around and have your friend come help you. It doesn't work that way. This determines the rest of that. So why are we living with like only this in mind? I think it's because it's what we could see. It's what we can feel right now. But can I tell you that we know how, like, we don't know how long this is going to be. We don't know. We have no clue. Some people will live to 100. Some people will live to 16. Some people will live to 25. Some people will live to 50. I pray you have a long life. I pray you live long and prosper. All the nerds said amen. One time, me and Amber saw Star Trek, and Spock did this in the first Star Trek, and he didn't say live long and prosper, and she looked at me. She said, what does that mean? I was like, I pray you live a long time. I, I pray you live into the triple digits and you're healthy the whole time and you have the greatest adventures, but we have no clue how long this will be, but we know how long eternity is gonna be. It's gonna be forever. It's never, ever, 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 ever going to end. It is forever of unimaginable, par unimaginable paradise or the place we don't really like to talk about. But we know this, the Bible says there, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I think this is why the Bible says, a wise person thinks about death often, but a fool only thinks about having a good time. I don't know about you, but that just, that just shifts my priorities, that shifts what I, how I wanna live my life, that changes literally everything, knowing that what I do here is going to matter into eternity. What I do with my blink of an eye is gonna matter forever and ever and ever. Now let me tell you, I'm not, I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not trying to like scare you into the kingdom. That used to be the tactic in the 70s and 80s. It was like turn or burn, get right or get left. Like that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to state facts. Every single person is appointed to die once and after this comes eternity. And what you did in this life will echo into eternity and what you did with Jesus will be the determining factor at that judgment. Some of you are sitting here thinking, oh my gosh, like, well, I have, like, I've, I've lived a messed up life. Can I tell you, every single, if I were to ask, by a show of hands, how many of you lived a messed up life? Every one of us, like, here at Bridge Youth, one thing I love is we all are super quick to admit the fact that we were messed up. We kind of still are messed up, but we're trying, you know? We've all lived messed up life. If you are sitting here thinking now about that moment when you get to heaven and you stand before God because after death comes judgment and you're terrified of that judgment, can I tell you, it doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter what your past has looked like. All that matters is what Jesus did for you. And if you can just simply accept the sacrifice that he made for you on the cross, then that means at that moment when you get to heaven and God's like, Okay, um, next in line, and you walk up, Jesus walks up and says, she's with me. 
he's with me. Some people, some people will try to say, oh, when you get to heaven, it's like your entire life is played out on a big screen in front of everybody to see. I, I have not found that anywhere in the Bible. Not, and it's definitely not for those who know Jesus because what happens is literally like the, the image that we get is like, if this is you, when God looks at you and, and it's the moment of judgment, Jesus just steps in front of you and Jesus is perfect. So when God looks at you, what he sees is perfection. But all that starts with a decision and it's to say, I want that. I wanna live for God. I wanna make the decision now that'll affect my eternity. Yo, again, I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm just trying to give you the facts. But I could tell you this as well, that, that even, even before eternity begins, the best way to live your life to, to the fullest is to live your life for Jesus. So I'm going to give you that opportunity in just a moment. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes? Maybe tonight, sitting here in the wake of, in the wake of this realization that every single one of us will one day die. And while you're sitting here with the realization of your mortality in front of you, you're like, I, I, want, I want to give my life to God. I want to know that the day that I die, that I'm going to go to heaven. Can I tell you, it's really just about the most logical decision that you could ever make, but it really doesn't matter if you're just like, yeah, I want that, and you raise your hand. What matters is, do you believe this in your heart with everything in you? So I'm gonna ask you to respond to this decision, to make this decision in a really simple way. In just a second, I'm gonna count to three. And when I get to three, all I want you to do is just shoot your hand in the air. And I think that we, that we need to do that because as humans, we, we do well to have a starting point. And what we, when we respond on the outside to what's happening on the inside, it just seems to solidify it in our hearts and in our souls. So if that's you tonight, you want to make that decision. You want to give your life to God. You want to repent from your sins. You want to accept Jesus' sacrifice for you. When I get to three, you raise your hand. One, tonight's your night. Two, don't hesitate. Three, all over this place. Man, hands are going up everywhere. Anybody else? Come on, don't be, don't be shy. Raise it up. Keep it up for just a moment just so I can see you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Man, this is the best decision that you could ever make with your life. I promise you that. This is the best decision. I made the same decision when I was 15 years old. I never looked back. I never turned back. You can put your hands down. You know, the Bible says, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he rose from the dead, and you'll be saved. Yes, it really is that easy. Because we're a family, we're going to pray this right out loud together. So in one voice, would you pray these words right after me? Repeat right after me. Say, Lord Jesus. I know I'm a sinner, but I know you're a savior. So tonight, I give you my heart, I give you my life, I give you everything. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead. So I give you everything. Would you save me? Would you accept me? In Jesus' name, everyone said, man, can we welcome people into our family right now? That's the best decision that you could ever make. Hey, in this attitude, no one distracting anyone, would you stand to your feet? Would you head to the front? There's one more thing I wanna do. If you can, while you're walking, just listen up. Go ahead, come on up to the front. You know, one of the things that we're gonna do when we get to heaven is we're gonna worship. There will be a ton of worship 
in heaven. If you, could, if you guys just press up, make room for the people right behind you. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I remember, I remember uh, going to this tiny little church and, and, and the services were like four hours long and it was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like all I want to do is go home and watch Star Wars. I'm, so, I'm dying. This is so boring. And the pastor will often say things like, especially directed to, towards teenagers and teenagers with ADD like me. And they say, well, if you don't like this, you're not going to like heaven. And I'm thinking, how much do we know about hell? Like, do we know anything else? Is there AC down there? Because that might seem... Can I tell you that though, yes, there will be worship in heaven. And even though we have a phenomenal worship team, and if you like, even though Pastor Aaron, our worship pastor is amazing, like even Hillsong Young and Free, Hillsong United, Mosaic, Elevation, none of them even come close to the worship that we will experience when we get to heaven. I think of this kind of like the Froyo place when you go and you're like, can I get the, can I get the free sample? Like we get to sample heaven here and now because get this, so many Christians live with this mentality. I just need to get to heaven. I just need to, need to do everything right. I need to have the checklist and be really, really good so I can get to heaven. It's not about getting to heaven. It's about bringing heaven here now. When Jesus taught his followers how to pray, he said, pray like this, God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We get just a little taste of heaven here and now. If you're comfortable, would you lift your hands right where you're at? God, I pray in Jesus' name that you would show up in a powerful way right here, right now, that we can experience even just a little free sample taste of what heaven and eternity is gonna, going to be like. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Let's worship him tonight.